You're listening to a message from Micaiah Ermler, lead pastor of Southridge Church in San Jose, California. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge Now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. And now, here is Pastor Micaiah. song. Thank you that there is power in the name of Jesus, the only name. Thank you for joining us tonight, whether online or in person. As we continue in worship, I'd like to read from Psalm 9, verses 1 to 10. It says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. Verse 5, you have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruins. Their cities you rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. Verse 7, but the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. Number, verse 9, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we need you. We love you. I thank you for everything that you're about to do and that you have done leading up to this moment. Father, I know in this room that there are needs that only you can meet. I know that in this room there are people who are desperate for you. I know as we look out at the world, we will end up hopeless and discouraged, but as we look to you, hope rises anew and afresh inside of us, Father, because you are the name that breaks every chain. Those that are bound, those that are entangled and ensnared in sin, there is freedom at the foot of the cross. You took captive death. You conquered death for us. And Lord, we love you. I pray that you bless our service. Bless those who are attending in person and online. We love you. We pray that your spirit would meet with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. God bless you. You may be seated. I just want to say thank you, worship team. That was powerful, amazing. I don't know about you, but just even when I come into an atmosphere where it just seems like the Spirit is already moving, where God is already there, all of a sudden I realize that this is a move of God, that God is working here and now. We don't have to wait for a move of God. I sense that He is already going before us. And I want to welcome all those who are watching online. We're so glad that you're joining with us. We consider you a part of our church family, and we're looking forward to spending some time together this evening. Well, I know for many of us, When it comes to uh, times like this or weeks that we've had, it's maybe easy to feel overwhelmed. It's maybe easy to feel just uh, anxious or uh, filled with anxiety. This week, uh, every other week, I have a phone call with a mentor of mine who's a pastor of a church in Florida, and his name's Hal, and he's pastored for many years. And he called me this week, and we kind of, every other week, we check in, we talk through things. He's a ministry mentor. He's... uh, 
uh, quite a, got quite a few years on me, and he's pastored churches, and he asked me, he said, hey, how are you doing? And of course, I responded back, I'm doing great. And he's like, no, how are you really doing? And he said, I know what you're going through. I know what your church is going through. He said, I'm all the way over here in Florida. It's a different world over here. And I said, honestly? He said, yeah, I want to know honestly. I said, I'm overwhelmed. I said, I'm overwhelmed. I've got all kinds of burdens. Our church got fined $5,250 last Sunday evening for having church. So this service, I said, has to be good because it costs $5,000. So I hope you get your money's worth. The worship team knocked it out of the park, so they done did their part. Now it's up to me. And I said, man, I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed out. I got all these things that's going on. And this week is just one thing after another with the lawyers, another thing with the church. We got a vision gallery coming up. I got things in personal life. I got all these things. And he said through, we're, we're doing Zoom. He said, but you're smiling. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. He said, you seem so happy. I said, oh, yeah, I am. He said, wait a minute, you just told me you're overwhelmed, you're overworked, you're stressed out, you're worried, you got everything happening around you, you're watching what's happening to the country. And I said, yeah, I know, right? And he said, something's, you got, something's going on. He's like, are you on something? Are you, you taking something? Like, you can confess it to me. We can, we can get this worked out. I said, no. I said, I learned a secret. He said, what's that? I said, I learned that there's a well inside of me. Whenever I'm running dry, I go to the well for a drink. And the amazing thing about this well is this well's with me wherever I go. And that thought just began to stay with me. And as I was thinking for me, because I watch the elections like you watch the elections, and I get stressed out like you get stressed out. I watch our countries, you watch our country, and I feel unnerved like you feel unnerved. I watch what's happening in our state as you watch what's happening in our state and I get unnerved and worried. You watch what's happening in our city as I watch what's happening in our city. And it's easy to kind of begin to get distracted and pulled apart. It's easy to be in a situation just with other people who have opposing views and you just feel caught in the middle of it and you're just like, I don't know if I should just give in to cynicism, just be cynical about everything and make everything a joke. You know, the sky is falling, civil war is coming, and everything's just terrible. We don't know where to go. And I believe there's a secret. And so tonight, I had a message already out of Acts 22. But at 1130 this morning, these thoughts just kept coming. So I need you to go to John chapter number four, because I want to teach you tonight what God has been teaching me. And I've entitled this message, Two Wells. Because you and I are facing things that we've never faced before. It's easy to be overwhelmed. It's easy to be stressed out. It's easy for us to be weary. And I've noticed something about life, that life is a never-ending struggle. It's a never-ending struggle. So that you and I are going to need a source of strength to overcome this never-ending struggle. And we need more than a drink of water. We need a well of deliverance. And I know sometimes when it comes to a well, if you've done any hiking, you know that you can come across wells of water. As a matter of fact, some of you know I grew up in uh, Madeira, just outside of Fresno. And we lived on a couple acres of land and we would go hiking. And as we would go hiking, 
we uh, would come across an old homestead. You could see where the old chimney used to be. It was all a bunch of old rocks that had partially fallen down. You could see the frame of the old home. And not too far away from the home, there was a well. And as you go to this old place, and you can kind of see where a family used to live, or you could see where some settlers used to be, you would come across this old place, and you can kind of picture that the only reason they were able to survive in this place was because of that well. And the amazing thing was that even though this place was easily over 100 years old, you could come back there to this day. You could go there, and you could find this old homestead, and you could look down into that well, and there's water down there. And that well still works hundreds of years later. You see, today, I need to ask you a question. And the question is this. Do you have a well? But more important, do you have a well? Do you have a well that still works? Do you have a well that when you find trying times where you just want to give in to depression, discouragement, you want, to, you want to act out of your insecurity, you want to get upset by things, where do you go to to find that peace and that calm in this storm? Because it's real easy to say, I look for my peace and calm out of a bottle, out of some pills, out of a relationship, an illicit one, or I look for it out of all these other things that I can feel guilty about. But I'm asking you, do you have something that satisfies you, but it's also safe for you? That's what I'm talking about, a well. And so tonight, let's look at John chapter number four. Let's kind of break away just for one week and let's study a familiar passage to many. Because I've got a source that I want you to have. And it's a never-ending stream of strength. Let's begin reading in John chapter four. Let's begin in verse number three. This is Jesus, and Jesus said, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And this is true. We've taught on this. Uh, when it came to Jews and Samaritans, Samaritans were considered half-breeds, half-Jew, half-Gentile. So the Jews would avoid them at all costs. They would go around the city. They would, they would go out of the way. They'd make a longer journey just so they didn't have to go to Samaria. So for Jesus to talk to this woman was a big deal. And notice verse 12. Are you greater? Excuse me, verse number 11. The woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself? as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whosoever drinks of the water will thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Isn't it amazing? 
I think some of us, we look at this passage and we think that everything Jesus is talking about is just simply for this woman. And we don't put it into our modern context of how it helps us today. Because Jesus was talking about a well, but this well is not just a well of satisfaction from the temporal. It's a well that's even bigger than that. It's not just about salvation. It's something to help you and I now. Because I know you and I, we deal with traffic, we deal with stress, and we need to know where we can go to when we're stressed out. We need to know that there is something that I can draw on that doesn't require me to rely on something out there, someone else that there is a well inside. And so Jesus is going to be talking about two wells. The first well I want you to see, we find it's a well that actually had tricked this woman. You say, what do you mean the well tricked this woman? Notice if you would, verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. And this woman said, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. She's thinking that Jesus will come into her life and take away the desire. Some of us, we know we have wrong desires. And instead of saying, Lord, hey, I know I've got wrong desires, change my desires, we're like, God, just take it away. Just take away the temptation. Just take it out of my life. I just, I just want to give it to you, and I never want to have to worry about, about it again. I never have to want to worry about stress. I don't want to have to worry about uh, the, uh, the, the things happen around me, things that I ha- see on the news. And so we can easily get tricked into thinking something. You say, what is that? We can easily get tricked into thinking that there is something so good that it'll just kind of satisfy outside of Jesus. And this is what makes sin so tempting. Because for some of us, we think that there is a relationship that'll supersede all other relationships, that if I just meet that person, then I'll never want any other person. If I can just be with her or be with him, then I'll never want to be with anybody else. If I can just have that one hit of that illicit drug, then I'll never want any other drugs. Oh, if I could just have that one drink, that'll satisfy me forever. We think that's out there. And so people will chase that. They'll chase that experience, that if I could just experience that one thing, then I'll never want anything else. And that's how this well can trick us. That we're tricked into thinking that, hey, this will be the last time. This is all I need. And if I just get this one fixed, then I'll be good. Because Jesus points out something in this woman's life. You say, what was that? Jesus points out in verse number 16. He says, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you are now have is not your husband, in that you speak truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Here's a woman that has been tricked by thinking, if I can just meet the right man, all of a sudden, I'll never want any other man. And so it went from the first one to the second one to the third to the fourth and to the fifth, and now she's on to the sixth man, thinking eventually something's going to satisfy And that's what the well of this world does. The well of this world continually gets you to believe that if you just try this, eventually you're going to be satisfied. That's where some of us feel like, if I just drove that car, then I'll never want any other car in the world. If I just have that job, once I get there, I'll never want any other job. Oh, if I could just look like him... 
but never, ever complain again. Or if I could just look like her, if I could just have the money that they have, the family that they have, then I'd be content. Then I'd be satisfied. See, that's what this woman thought that Jesus was offering her. That hit that would take care of all hits. That, 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 that drink that all of a sudden would just take care of it all. She didn't understand that Jesus is talking about a different type of well. You see, today that's what's being offered to you. And that's what this woman was being offered. But understand, this woman, when it came to what she wanted, she didn't realize that she was thirsty, but every time she would take a drink of those things, it left her thirstier. It was like drinking salt water. You can be alone at sea and just drifting along, dying of dehydration, even though you're surrounded by water, and you can take a drink of that salt, salt water, it'll eventually make you start to hallucinate, and then you'll just get thirstier because of the salt in the water. That's why many of us, we've tasted what the world or culture has to offer, and it just leaves us wanting more, even though we walk away feeling worse that we just had it. So there's got to be something that can satisfy, but also is safe for us. And so as we walk around and as we look at life and culture and everything that's happening today, I believe many of us are falling into a trap that we don't realize that there's a healthy well we can draw from, that there's a healthy place that we can go to. Uh, some of us, we're just kind of like, all right, I, I, I got to find something right now that'll just calm my nerves. I just got to do something because of my panic attack or anxiety. I just don't know who's go what's going to happen. Who's our president? What's going to happen to our country? You're just like, I don't know if I should uh, buy guns, sell guns, stockpile food, not stockpile food, get toilet paper. What are we doing? You're, you're, you're not sure what to do. You're, you're like, I'm just going to unfriend everybody. I'm just, I don't know. The world's just crazy. And it's easy for you to just jump into that madness and that chaos instead of step back and saying, yeah, the world's a little bit crazy right now. But I got a well. I got a well that I can draw from. You see, this woman, understand, her needs were not sensual. They were not emotional. They weren't physical. They weren't relational. Understand this. Her needs weren't even spiritual. You say, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, Pastor. I think you took a step too far. Yes, her needs are spiritual. No, no, think about it today. A lot of people today are spiritual. But the spirit they're chasing is not the spirit of the living God. There's a lot of people who are spiritual today. Her need, you say, what do you mean she's spiritual and her need was not spiritual? Notice what she said to Jesus. I perceive that thou art a prophet. And then she begins to get religious on Jesus. You ever met somebody the moment they hear you go to church, all of a sudden they stop dropping the F-bombs, they stop talking about the dirty jokes, they change, and then they talk to you about how they go to church and you're like, what church? And they're like, oh, you know, that, that church, this church. And they just make up some church name they never heard of before. You know, and it's like they just kind of throw it out there because they feel bad. So notice what this woman does. She says, after I perceive that they're a prophet, verse 20, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place we ought to worship. So she, she had a little bit of religion. She had a little bit of spirituality. Understand, there's a lot of people today that they've got a little bit of spirituality. It's the vogue thing to be spiritual. It's the vogue thing to actually be a part of a church. It's the vogue thing to, oh, yeah, I pray, I meditate, oh, I have a Bible. No, no, no. Jesus is not just trying to uh, wet your taste buds, wet your appetite. He's trying to do so much more than that. But many of us are tricked into thinking that we can sip on something that we should be drinking deeply from. Some of you are sipping on the Savior, and you're wondering why you're not satisfied. I grew up in a big family, so that meant that if we went out, you're all going to share. 
If you're going to 7-Eleven to get Slurpees, you got seven kids, you get three Slurpees. Y'all share, all right? That's how it worked, all right? And I always wanted to be the first one to get my drink. I didn't care how bad that brain freeze was going to be. I'm not like some of you guys. By a show of hands, how many are fine with sharing a uh, drink with somebody else? Let me just see. Just let me see. Uh, I know Adam was. Uh, we were at a thing last night, and uh, there were no more than six. We were socially distanced, and we were, no, I'm just kidding. And, uh, uh, but it, it, some of you, you have no problem. I'm a germaphobe. I don't want to share. It's so bad. I wouldn't even for years share anything with Jane. I wouldn't. She was like, but we kiss. I was like, yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. It's not the same. It's like, that's your cup. This is my cup. Don't, don't touch mine, you know? But some of us, when it comes to uh, like that, it's like growing up, we just kind of sip on something. And we wonder why we're not satisfied. Have you ever been satisfied by sipping on something? Mmm, that was great. Oh, that's all I need. That's, that means you don't like it. That's you being polite. You ever gone over to somebody's house and they offer you something to drink? When I first met my wife, I came on over. They had all kinds of Filipino food. I was not ready for what I was about to have. But I wanted to impress her, so of course, you just, mmm, so good. Where's your dog? Come on. You don't have a dog. You guys ate the dog. That's what it is. I'm eating your dog. That's what. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Too much. My bad. My bad. I went too far. But it's true, though. It's true. You, you, you don't know. You may eat the family pet, all right? Hey, dog means get, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. I love my dog. But some of us, we don't understand when you sip on something, you're just trying to be polite. So you come into church, mm, oh yeah, that was a good little message. Oh yeah, it was a good message, huh? What'd you get out of it? Oh, oh, you wanted me to remember something from it? No, it wasn't that good. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't $5,250 good. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't quite there. But yet, many of us, we're wondering why we're so thirsty for the world and culture because we're sipping on the Savior. And we're getting tricked by the world into thinking that's enough. Some of you have bought into this lie that you don't even need to go to church to really have a strong relationship with God. I get this whole Zoom thing, and I'm, God bless those that are watching online, but please pay attention. It would be very difficult for me to have a strong, healthy, dynamic vibrant relationship with my wife if the only time I spent time with her is via a screen. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't last long. So why do we think we can be distant from God or just kind of sit on the things that he wants us to taste fully so we're being tricked into these things? I've told you I lived on the outskirts of Madeira for two and a half years. My parents bought two acres. I've shared this story before, but let me go into it another angle. They bought two acres, and they had to build a well. There was no sewage. There was no uh, 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 sewer lines way out there on that side of Madeira. And uh, so we dug a well, and everything was great. I mean, we had plenty of water. All of a sudden, we had a neighbor behind us. He built his house, and we were doing fine on water. And even when he moved in, it was still fine. And then one day, we see on the other side of the fence, we see some backhoes, people digging, people working. And then uh, a few weeks later, a few months later, we notice that our water is starting to go down from, it's not as strong, it's, it's getting weak, and it, sometimes it's just hardly anything. We'll come to find out, this guy put in a pool, and when he put in a pool, he needed extra water, so he tapped into our aquifer, and he was siphoning off the water from our well, so we had no water to draw from. So my dad's solution to the problem was to buy a 50-gallon 
old, it was an old orange juice container. And it was food grade, and they would haul orange juice. I don't know where they were hauling that much orange juice from, but my dad bought it, and we would go to church in Fresno, fill it up, and drive it home. So everything that we took, a bath, a shower, we drank, had an essence of orange. I mean, we were doing Propel before they were doing Propel. I mean, it was like we had it way before, but it was just odd. It's like, man, I'm taking a bath, and it smells like orange. And we did that for years. Well, my parents finally, after two and a half years, sold that place. Then we moved to uh, another piece of land in Fresno, 10 acres. On that piece of land, we also needed a well. But my parents decided to do something different. They made sure they dug down deeper to make sure that there was going to be nobody who was going to siphon off the water. But then they also bought a 500-gallon reserve tank of water just in case of an emergency. We still had water. Let me ask you a question. Are you being tricked by not having some reserves? Are you being tricked into thinking that you're okay, just a little bit of God's enough, just a little bit of church? You don't need that much. Come on, you're a good person. Are you being tricked by the well of this world? Are you drinking deeply? The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Matter of fact, Jesus' greatest sermon Matthew 5, verse 6, he said this. He said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be, oh, come on, help me out, church, filled. When we hunger and thirst after righteousness, God says, I will fill you up. Not just hunger, but also thirst. Today, we talk about thirst traps. And that's the next point. Please write that down. We see, first of all, she was tricked. Secondly, she ends up being trapped. Today, they call it a thirst trap. You're scrolling along, and you see something, and it could, it, sometimes it can be provocative. Sometimes it can be risque. Sometimes it could be like, ooh, I really like that car. And you click on that, and it takes you to another picture of another car. And then five hours later, you're like, wait, what day is it? Where am I? Where are my kids? You know, like, how much money did I just spend? Like, it was a trap. It was a thirst trap that just caught you, and it just sucked you in. Understand, this woman, it was the same thing. She just was looking to satisfy Looking for something, and all of us are looking for something, something that'll satisfy. I was talking to a gentleman not too long ago, and we were talking about why we see such a rise in the LGBTQ movement happening among church people. And he said, what happened? Because he was former, uh, a former homosexual. He said, for five years, he said, I had father issues, so I was looking for safety. And, and he said, I wasn't looking for the illicit stuff out of the relationship. He said, I just didn't know how to interact in a healthy way with another man. He said, I was just looking for that. And he said, when you, see, when you see what happened with a woman, they're just wondering, where's another woman that's safe to be with? They're not really thirsting after some of these other things. What they're thirsting after, something deeper than only God can offer. With this woman here, she's thirsting after something, but now she's trapped. And all she thinks is, I'm just this woman that comes to this well. And notice she had to come at midday when nobody else would come because all the other women didn't want to associate with her because of her past. Someone has anecdotally summed up the spirit of our age by saying, I don't have a drinking problem, I just have a thirst problem. And maybe that's the spirit of our age, where we're just thirsty for all the wrong things. We're thirsty for things that we know will trap us and trick us. Jeremiah 2 verse 13 says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. We've neglected the living water. You say, Pastor, I'm stressed out. I'm nervous. I'm anxious. I got all this anxiety. Well, why, Christian? You have a well inside of you. Are you guilty of what Jeremiah said to his people? That they have 
neglected and rejected the living water? This is living, it's dynamic. It's, this is not some dead, nasty stream you find in the woods where it just takes in and it's just dead and putrid. It's a living stream. It's healthy, it's pure, it's bubbling up inside of you. And God is saying, drink deep of that well. And here's the best thing about that well. You have that well wherever you go. Stressful moment at work, hectic moment with the kids, a tense moment with family. You're online, you want to light somebody up via your keyboard and you don't like their comment. All of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I got a well. I don't need to reach for that. I don't need to be insecure about that. I don't need to be upset about that. I've got a well that I can drink from that'll satisfy my insecurity. It'll satisfy my, my, my problems and my issues. I don't need to be tricked and trapped by this. I mean, think about it. Why do we overeat, overspend, overconsume, and overreact? It's because we're not tapping into the well that God's given us. And in a season like this, church, there's got to be some of us that understand that we've got to get in God's word. And we've got to say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow up. I'm going to say something. I'm going to do something foolish and, and hasty. So, God, I need to have a peace that passes all understanding. So I've got to drink of this well. Did you know the nature or the purpose of tricks is to trap you? I mean, think about it. Hunters, what they would do is they would bait a trap. It was a trick. And why would they try to trick the creature they're trying to, trying to get? Because they wanted to trap them. Satan is going to try to bait you with something he knows you want, and it's to trap you. He offered Eve something that she wanted. This will make you wise, and you will be like God, discerning what is good and evil. He knew that she had an insecurity, that she just wanted to be more and more like God, and all of a sudden, Satan capitalized on that and said, I know what you need. Just take this, and all of a sudden, once you have that thing, then you'll be complete. Then you'll have everything. And so you and I, we fall for the same traps. So we can't fall for these traps. We've got to say, Lord, help me. Help me, God, in this time. Help me in this moment not to give up for that. But then Jesus comes along. And Jesus is a well that transformed her. So we see, first of all, there's two wells. And I want you to understand, isn't it amazing? When we talk about tricks, let me just go back. Do you remember whose well this is? The Bible tells us it's Jacob's well. What is famous about Jacob? Was he an honest, upstanding Israelite that never conned anybody out of anything? Quite the opposite, wasn't Jacob? Jacob, as a matter of fact, pulled off the ultimate con. He stole his brother's birthright by pretending to be Esau. He put on goat's hair, made arms to cover his arms with goat's hair to trick his father into receiving a blessing. This well is named after a trickster. And she had been drinking from the well that constantly was tricking her. And you and I are drinking from things that are constantly going to want to trick us. So we have to say, wait a minute, what is this well? What is this well all about? You see, Jacob didn't know his identity. He didn't know who he was. And so finally, God confronts him, and he wrestles with God. And in Genesis chapter 38, we see him wrestling. And God says, who are you? And he said, I am Jacob. He finally had to be honest. He finally had to stop the games. You and I have to have the same moment of reckoning. And then when we have that moment like this woman who says, you're right. Yeah, I have five husbands, and the man I'm with right now is not my husband. It's illicit. It's wrong. We know it's wrong. I need to come clean before you. And at that moment, that's when Jesus, she tapped into that second well. And this well is the one well that has the ability to transform her. 
Verse 25 says, The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And I love this. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I'm your Messiah. I'm the well you've been waiting for. Here's the thing. Jesus wasn't waiting for water in John 4. He was waiting for this woman. Many of us think this is all about Jesus. He's just thirsty. No, no, no. He's waiting on this woman. He wanted to give this woman a well that she could draw from. And there is a well that you and I can draw from. There is a well of cleaning. There is a well of wholeness. There is a well of life that you and I, we need to drink from. We need to draw from. But yet you and I are always drinking and we're always thirsty. But when we come to Jesus, when you come to Jesus... You do have to drink your way to deliverance. You never thought that would happen, right? I'd have never experienced this, but there comes a point among alcoholics that they drink, they drink, they drink, they drink. They wake up with a horrible headache, horrible hangover. But to help kind of cure the hangover, you just drink a few more and you feel like your hangover's gone. Now, I have never experienced that, but my wife on the other hand, no, just kidding. What are you really doing? You're just delaying the hangover. So some of them feel like, wait a minute. Oh, I have this horrible hangover. I got to go to work. Let me drink more. What are they doing? Just poisoning their body even more. They're not, they're not dealing with the problem. They're delaying the problem. And some of us just feel like, man, but I feel so good when I'm just with that person. I know it's wrong, but it feels so right. Oh, I know I'm not supposed to do this at my job, but you know what? I just feel better when I do. I know I'm not supposed to lie, cheat, and gossip, but I just feel a little bit better. Oh, I know I'm not supposed to spend all this money online, but I just do, and it makes me feel better. I know I'm not supposed to gamble, but I, I just do, and I just feel a little bit better. What are you doing? You're not actually feeling better. You're just kind of coping. You're just kind of drinking from these broken wells, and it leaves you thirsty, and you think, I can drink my way to deliverance. But unless you are drinking in the Savior, you're not going to drink your way to deliverance. You're drinking your way to death. And so Jesus is telling the woman, hey, drink of me. Drink of this well that I offer you. And what's wonderful about this well, it's a well that won't run run dry. It's a well that works. And it's a well that's within us. You see, that's the beauty of this whole passage. You and I have always heard about it as this this great passage where, where Jesus has done so many wonderful things. And you're right. But understand, this is a well within us. The church should be filled with people that we're conquering our addictions. That we are overcoming besetting sin. That we are growing more and more like Christ. That our anger issues, our jealousy, our insecurity, those should be getting smaller. We should be dealing with them. Why? Because we're getting more and more of Jesus. Because when it comes to Jesus, we can just keep drinking in. We can just keep taking in. We can just keep consuming. And all of a sudden, we realize that Jesus is so deep we can drown in, but we're not drowning. We're actually being delivered from things. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You say, Man, faith is the victory. You're right, but the victory comes from this word as we soak it in, as we take in this word. I'm preaching this message because I was concerned for myself this week. And if I was concerned for myself, what I was thinking, what I was feeling, and how anxious I was about things, and how I was just clicking on a new site, clicking on a new, refresh, refresh, come on, change, what's the count, what's the count, what's the count? You know, just kind of, come on, hoping, hoping, you know, just, just praying something would change. And it wouldn't change in five minutes. And there came a point where it was like, 
No, there's a well inside of me. God, I'm just going to pray. You got this. You got this. We're going to be all right. You sit on the throne. You're in charge. And you find out that this well works if you drink from it. And I love this. Notice if you would, verse 28. Many of you probably studied this. And the Bible says, actually, let's back up in verse 27. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled and they talked with the woman. And, 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 and he talked with the woman, yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? Verse 28, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city. And I love that. She came for the purpose of getting water, but she found way more than water. She found a well, and she could leave the water, bottle, water, water pitcher there. And she could go into the city, and guess what? What, did she ha- what was she giving to them? What was she able to share with them? She now had the well inside of her, so she doesn't need to bring the water. If I had a pitcher of water and handed out cups, eventually I'm going to run out, Correct. This woman says, no, 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 I've got a pitcher of water. i got something inside of me, so now I can go into the city, and I can go help those in the city, because I've got something that I'll never run out of. Some of you are nervous about the holidays, because you're like, oh, great, i got to spend time with them family members, and I know what they're going to want to talk about, and I just don't have it. Oh, Lord, I don't have it in me. And you're like, I just needed some liquid courage to make it through. No. Do you doubt your God? I talked with a wonderful gentleman this week, and we were talking about the Lord. And I, I, didn't, I wasn't trying to chastise him in any way. He said, Pastor, I know we get the victory eventually. Right now, it's just so frustrating. I said, don't you think that's Satan's greatest lie? That we always as Christians just think the victory's up there we win. You don't actually think God could really transform the Silicon Valley? The most liberal, the most crazy, the place that honestly just says, we don't need God We can save the world and we can save humanity and we're just going to do it all ourselves. We're gods. You don't believe that God can do it and that's the thing that I think is holding many of us back is that we don't actually believe that there can be true, real transformation here and now and that's Satan's greatest threat against the church. That some of us, you and I, we struggle with these besetting sins and you don't realize that you can be free from those things. You sang about it and you love the song, Break Every Chain, but you're thinking God's breaking her chain and his chain and their chain and pastor's chain. But my chains, these are really heavy duty chains. Like I took a long time to build up these sins. These aren't just going to go away. When God's like, oh no, I can break every chain. I can take and deal with all of it. But many of us are locked in this way of thinking. But this woman, she's transformed in a moment, and she leaves the thing that she came there for, and now she could go to these people in the city and say, come here, a man that told me anything I ever did. And the Bible records that there was a great revival, so Jesus stays a few more days in Samaria because so many people were being reached. Get this. This woman is the reason that... It was because of this woman. This is the first missionary, the first evangelist, the first gospel witness was a Gentile. Jesus didn't just go out of his race to get people the gospel. He went to, somebody else would say, oh, a woman, I can't believe he would talk to a woman. He went, use a female and a Gentile, and he changed the city. So yes, God wants to use you. Yes, he wants to use the brokenness and the pain. Yes, he wants to use the past. He says, I can use that, and I can transform the Silicon Valley. I can transform San Jose. You see, many of you think it's going to be the pastors and preachers that are going to change it. Not so, my friend. No. Oftentimes, some of the greatest moves of God are happened by the simple people that everybody else overlooks. Case in point. Samuel comes to Jesse. 
Are these all your sons? Yeah, this is all my sons. Are you sure this is all your sons? Oh, wait, I, do, I, I forgot about the seventh one. All right, go get David, the eighth one. Come on, tell David. I guess he can be a part of the party. Go get David. Nobody thought David would ever amount to anything. Hey, you know, uh, everybody overlooked the lad with a couple loaves of bread and a few fishes, except Andrew. Andrew said, hey, we got this lad. We can't feed him, but this lad, he's got something. We overlook some of the things that bring about the greatest change. And so God wants to do something great, but you and I are stuck drinking from these wells that are broken. And you and I both know it. We know we keep going to these thirst traps, and that's a great name for them. They're thirst traps. And there we are, just, just trying to suck it in, just trying, to, just trying to satisfy, trying to satisfy. We're like, I just feel so gross and dirty and worse. Yeah. It's time to go to a new well, a well that will transform us. The well that when we drink from that, it satisfies too many people, you're praying, God, take away the temptation instead of God, transform the temptation of desires. God, transform this. God, everything that I'm, 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 I'm doing, come on, you and I, we've been there. We've chased out the sin and the things you and I have done to get to our sin, the money we've spent, the lies we've told, the people we've deceived, the effort and the ingenuity to uh, perfect our plan and to get away with our sin is pretty amazing. Now imagine if you took all that ingenuity, all that wisdom, all that skill, and now you say, I want to use it for God. Just imagine what God could do. Just imagine what God would do through you. If you say, Lord, I just give myself to you. And then God will take them and he will transform them. You see, Jesus didn't just come for a drink of water. He came for this woman. And tonight, Jesus said, I'm here for you. I'm here to show you that you have a well. I'm here to show you you don't need to be all discouraged. You don't need to be all defeated. Those of you watching online, you don't need to be so afraid. God is with us. God is working. But the question is, which well are you drinking from? There's two wells tonight. We sang the song, and I just took it as confirmation from the Lord about this message. You sang, fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. And you thought you were just singing a worship song. So much more than that. Because what you're feeding on is feeding this fear and insecurity. And it's time to say, Lord, I want to feed on you. And what happens is peace and joy and love and happiness and all these things start coming through our lives. As we say, I'm going to feed on something different. So that next week when you gather around the Thanksgiving table with all your friends or family, or you gather around, you set up some screens to Zoom, however you do it, I'm not here to shame you, whatever you want to do. And however you do it, but you just say, you know what, I'm okay. Or maybe you get stuck in an airport or stuck in traffic. Maybe things go bad. You say, I got a well right now that I can just draw from. Because you and I don't know what is in store, but when we understand that there's a well with us, we can weather any storm. See, why are we overwhelmed? It all comes down to which well we're drinking from. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's stand. Tonight, it's a simple challenge. What are you drinking from? Many of us, we're going to go back to some wells. Many of us need to say, you know what? That well doesn't work anymore. It never has. I don't know why I kept going back to it. And maybe it's time for you to say, Lord, I need to stop drinking from that well. There's no reason to go back to it. 
So God, transform my desire. God, would you help me to see that there's a well inside of me and it's springing up. Psalmist said in Psalm 62, spring up a well inside of me. That there's this life inside of me. Many of you, you struggle even just being kind and sweet to those around you because you say, I got nothing left. Man, I'm taking care of the job or I'm taking care of the family and I just got nothing left. Whenever you say you got nothing left, it's because you haven't tapped into the well. You need to go back to Madeira and back to an old farm, farmhouse and back to an old homestead where the, the, the chimney barely stands and the walls are torn down, but there's still a well with still some water in it. And God says, just like that old well, I've got a deeper well. I've got a well that you can't reach the bottom of, that it's so deep that you can draw from. We used to sing a song called uh, a drinking from the well it was all about uh, dipping in Emmanuel's veins dripping through that well and understand we can come up washed and clean and having our desires met the church has lost sight of that well we've lost sight many of you you say well I just gotta go talk to the pastor and I gotta pray with pastor and that's fine I'm glad I can be there for you but I won't always be able to be there for you you say well I just gotta I just gotta talk to my best friend and I just gotta meet with them and if they just meet with me I'll feel better you won't always have that Oh, I just gotta, I just gotta get to the house of God, and I'm, I'm grateful that we can. But every, every time we meet, they're finding us, and they're doing things to try and stop us, and, 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 and pastors are, are, are shuttering their churches. You may not one day be able to do this. So what are you gonna do then? Where are you gonna reach out to? You gotta find that well inside of you, and say, God, I know you're there. I know you've given me the strength. So Lord, I need to dig into that well. I don't have to be grumpy and irritable. I've got a strength. I've got a peace. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here this evening. You say, I've been discouraged. I need some prayer. Can I pray for you? You say, I've just been overwhelmed. Can you slip up your hand? I can pray with you. Is that you? You see that hand? That hand? Those hands. Oh, God bless you. We'll be praying for you this week. Here's a second question. Maybe you're very much like this woman. You've tried all kinds of things, but you have not tried the Savior, the one who died on the cross for your sin and mine. That if we will confess with our mouth that he is Lord, we can be saved and forgiven of our sin. And that we can drink from that well, that living water. And if that's you this evening, you say, hey, I want to pray and receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Is that you? You just slip up your hand. Can I pray with you? Is that you? If you want to talk to somebody after the service, I'd love to pray with you so you can know how Jesus can be your personal Savior. You just meet with me right after the service and we'll pray. But right now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you for these dear people. I thank you, Father, that we can come to you and that we know that there's a well there. There's something to draw from. There's something deep. There's something satisfying that we know that when everything seems to just be going crazy around us, that we can be calm in the middle of the chaos, that there is a peace in the storm because we found the well. We're no longer drinking from wells that don't satisfy and leave us coming up wanting more, but we come up thinking, I've got everything I need. Everything I need is found in Jesus. We thank you for the gift of your son. I pray for those that may not know you this evening, that tonight would be the night that they will receive you as their Savior. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed, the worship team's going to play and sing.
And if you'd like to come down to this altar, you want to pray and you want to seek God. And you say, Lord, I've been drinking from broken wells. And it's time that I come back to drinking from that living water. We want to open up the altar for you. Let's sing and let's open up the altar. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect.